0: Hi, this is Megan Ball.
1: And this is Brock Wilber.
0: And you're listening to Carrying Into the Void, the podcast where we get together, tell each other about a weird or dark story we've heard, and then try and find the silver lining or flip it into something that, while possibly not positive, will at least be productive. How are you, Brock?
1: I'm mad at doctors. Yeah. All doctors, <laughs> everywhere. Anyone with a doctor or preceding their name, pretty, pretty peeved. So a uh, uh, thing about me is that uh, for 30 years, didn't give a crap about my health. I uh, did whatever I wanted, put whatever I wanted to in my body. I'm a six-seven unkillable Viking. Thought things would be fine. Uh, and then uh, around 30 was like, you know what? Time to take things seriously. Both body and brain. Time to get into therapy, as all men should, as everyone should. Time to start, you know, going in every once in a while, having like a blood test, seeing what's going on, seeing, seeing what parts of the body are doing what they do. And... As an antithesis to my life's mission now of, of pushing that everyone does that and take better care of themselves, uh, despite, uh, you know, whatever horrific conditions our American healthcare may have, the more that I do this, the more things go awry. And I'm, I'm really mad at Doctors for not helping me with that. It's one of those things that I try to keep inside that I'm like, don't tell people that Doctors are so bad at what they do, because uh, that will discourage people from the other mission. Anyway, in this last week ran into a situation where uh, it's a culmination of nearly a year of various things, which uh, if you're a longtime listener to this show, you'll remember when I went to the hospital last and it was very bad. Um, turns out a lot of the solutions to the problems around that created new problems. And sometimes the, even the best solution to a problem doesn't, in, in fact, create other medical issues. That's just how we are. It's uh, difficult. Uh, and um, they all sort of hit in the last week. and. I am not a litigious person despite the number of times people tell me you should sue that person i'm like ah yeah i think they're doing their best i nothing nothing against them they were they were trying uh which is probably too generous on my part i will say it is a very difficult thing when you have placed your faith in a profession and it keeps repeatedly failing you um And so that has been a difficult time this week, but just before we hit record, uh, had a lot of good news come my way that things aren't nearly as dire as I spent the week thinking they were, uh, in terms of stuff's on the lookout. There's, there's some solutions that don't involve me checking back into the hospital for an extended period of time. So I'm, I'm, I'm writing this in between wave where I've, I've got this anger, but it can go away for now. Once it's all done being fixed, then I can come back to that. But, um. Please go to doctors. (laughs) Please start therapy. Please, please do the best that you can. And I think that those people are trying to do the best they can back to you. Uh, But boy, can it be frustrating on occasion. And uh, and that's where my headspace has been. So I'm just really excited to be here talking to you.
0: (laughs) I'm excited for you to be here as well. I fully understand what you mean and what you're going through. Two years ago, I landed in the hospital for two and a half weeks because it turns out my gallbladder had started rotting inside of me, which was something I didn't know organs could do. And it took four surgeries to fix, and I'm still not 100%. And it was two years ago. And now I have to have another procedure in a few weeks to, to go in and make sure there's still not stuff from that. So please take care of your insides. Oh,
1: well, I had no idea that you were coming up on something. Oh, I'm so sorry.
0: No, it's I've just fine. I've been complaining
1: no. at you for days over text. I had no idea that you were bound for the same fate. Oh, no. <laughs>
0: No, mine's not going to be a big deal. I don't have to be checked in overnight. I just have to go in and, and have a procedure done. They have to knock me out like I'm a malfunctioning computer. And, you know, they have to just open up the hood and check inside and make sure everything's working the way it's supposed to be. It's just the worst because after you have a medical thing that happens to you, you get freaked out about them and you don't want to do it. Like, I push this back twice now because <laughs> I don't want to do it.
1: There's no really way to hype yourself up. There's no internal cheerleader that's like, Hey, you know, let's go get some anesthesia. Yeah. That sounds like a fun time. Which, did you watch the Langoliers ABC miniseries growing up?
0: Uh, No, I vaguely think I remember because my father's a big Stephen King fan. So I probably have seen, probably not the whole of it, but I've definitely seen parts of it. So
1: there's a thing in the Langoliers where they pass through like a portal and they're in a plane. uh, And only the people that are not awake uh, when they pass through the portal survive. Uh, so once they figure that out, they're trying to go back through the portal and they've got to make sure that there's a way for everyone on the plane to be asleep, which like, obviously, if you're like, well, if I'm awake, I'm going to die. You're not going to go to sleep very easily. And so as a child, I remember this scene where the guy in, in the pilot's cabin takes the dial for the air pressure in the, the cabin and just turns it down. And then everyone goes to sleep. And throughout the rest of my sleepless life, where I'm constantly <laughs> looking at the ceiling, the... I'm just always like, why can't I have that dye on that? And I know that what I'm ostensibly <laughs> inventing here is Xanax, but I don't have access to it. So I'd rather be in a plane running away from Langoliers. I don't understand why it's got to be so complicated.
0: <laughs> I know. If Stephen King can figure it out, why can't modern medicine? Come on, guys. Get with it.
1: <laughs> also, Stephen King figured it out via Xanax and a lot of other things. But
0: Speaking of medical stuff, my parents got vaccinated this week.
1: Woo! Wonderful. Congratulations unto them.
0: And in the most possible Jersey way, it was because my sister knew a guy who knew a guy.
1: Are you saying the vaccines fell off the back of a truck? Because if so, I just love this. That's the perfect Jersey vaccine story. My parents in the abandoned mall is one thing, but your parents off the back of a truck. That's flawless.
0: It actually isn't an abandoned mall. It's in an old abandoned Lord and Taylor. And um yes. yeah, of yes. course it is. Oh,
1: you're going to meet the Lord. And Taylor, yeah.
0: <laughs> but it, it was a really bad weather day and um there were cancellations and so my sister was calling this number and they finally called her back and they were like can your parents be there in like an hour and my sister's like fuck yeah they can so <laughs> they got there apparently the national guard people were very nice which thank you to the national guard for being nice to my parents because I, I really appreciate it and They got vaccinated and they have appointments to get their second dose. And I could have wept. I was like, thank Christ. (laughs) Like, I've been trying so hard to get tickets. Uh, Not, I keep calling it tickets because I keep trying to think of it as like concert buying experience. And I've been using all of my like concert buying experience over the last 30 years of my life. And being like, I've got six different browsers open with like three different kinds of browsers. And this one's in private and this one's not. and It's on my phone. And I have it all like set up. And none of it was working, and it was very frustrating.
1: Yo, mom and pops, I got you the backstage passes. That's.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But my sister, who doesn't do social media and doesn't like follow any of the stuff that I was following, doesn't buy concert tickets, just had a friend who was like, oh, yeah, my mom has a friend who's a nurse who's there, and they have this number, so why don't you just call them? And it fucking worked. (laughs) I can't, I, I still am just like in shock, and it's like my sister called and said, Okay, everyone, get out of your pajamas. You have to go to the, the vaccine site. Everyone, move, move, move.
1: I understand that it can be very easy to get upset when somebody shares a story like this with you, where they're like, I don't know, we called a number that didn't exist, and a guy in a phone booth gave us a, an address, and there was a ticking clock, so we had to jump out of pajamas, <laughs> and that's how we got it. But it is literally like the only way that anyone I know is getting vaccinated is some sort of like, mission impossible like this message will self-destruct but yeah. also can you be on broadway street in the next two days because like you, there's no there's no actual path forward for any no. of this we're no. just we're just like hi it, it might as well be a scavenger hunt you're like oh, okay i got to the fifth location and now we all get a shot in the arm that's how we survive we're not doing well here and i'm not a fan <laughs>
0: You know, my experience in New Jersey is different than your experience in Missouri, is someone's different experience in California, is different than someone's experience in Massachusetts. It's all kinds of screwed up.
1: I'm just waiting for the first person that just finds it by the side of the road, or the, or the first person that's at the gas station and it's next to like the off brand trucker amphetamines next to the oh. counter, and there's like, oh, you want a vaccine? Okay, it's like two bucks. <laughs>
0: That, that is definitely like a William Gibson type of way of, of looking at it because, you know, it, like when this is all commonplace and the idea of COVID and stuff is far back in our memory, there's definitely going to be like cyberpunk-esque stories about like the vaccine rollout and stuff. And I will not be watching those because I'll probably be very frustrated.
1: We, we have an article uh, this month in uh, our magazine, The Pitch, uh, where uh, Abby, who is going to be on the show, who is our film editor... Uh, just rounded up all the movies that have been made during lockdown about lockdowns, and just like there's not a good one in the bunch. It's no. just incredible. I'd seen like two or three, but she really dug deep and found like seven or eight. I was like, oh, even these like the screenshots of them. I I regret looking at that. It, it can't be worse. So
0: it's cursed stuff. Like you know, it's we don't need to have films about this. We don't need to. We don't need to do that. And, and I don't think it's... The, the
1: best possible version of this was, would be that we move forward. And even though, like, movies and TV shows, like, should have to acknowledge that this happened, that we just all pretended it didn't. Like, it just... Let's yeah. just move forward. Uh, 2020 was, like, the 13th floor of a building. Yep. We're just on the 14th floor. No one need acknowledge anything that happened. Uh, yeah. It was an unpleasant time, but also nothing happened. So there yeah. we go. What is your carrying into the void story this week?
0: I want to talk to you about ghost taxis. Ghost taxis! They're a really fun urban legend, and I want to focus on two specific stories that take place in two very differently haunted places. One is in New Orleans, and one is in Japan. So there's been stories about, like, ghost hitchhikers and stuff for a long time. They're kind of a, a, like, one of, like, a ghost subsection of, like, the idea of, like, haunted stories. And old stories are kind of retrofitted to tell new stories. So now we have ghost taxis. And what the story is, is that in New Orleans, there are some taxi drivers that will not go to certain areas, um, especially late at night, because, not because it's not safe, but because that they have reported problems about picking people up and like taking the fare. And then they're driving along and they look back and their back seat is empty. And then they've just been stiffed on their, their payment for the ride. And they got tired of losing money.
1: This is actually the best possible version of a modern haunting. That, yeah. Like, actually, the problem is not like the ghost is trying to murder you, but in the rideshare economy, it's just burning gas. And that's sucking into the, your your pocketbook, man.
0: Yeah. So there's, So there's some places that some drivers just won't go. But on the other hand, in Japan, there's an area where there was a very bad tsunami in 2011 and a lot of people unfortunately died. And taxi drivers in that area report that they will pick up a passenger, and the passenger will give them an address that's in that bad area uh, of where the tsunami happened, where it hasn't really been quite rebuilt yet. And they'll start driving there, and they'll look in the back, and the back seat will be empty. But instead, they will continue driving there, and they will stop at the address, and they will get up and open the back door so the ghost can presumably leave.
1: That's only polite, truly. Uh, Like... They're not going to be haunted anymore. That's a great idea.
0: Well, in Japan, they have a cultural tradition of treating ghosts nicely because we've all seen Japanese horror movies where you treat a ghost poorly and what happens. So there is this kind of cultural idea that if there is a ghost, you have to help them and you're like taking them to maybe the thing that will help them move on. And they just write it off as like a ghost fair. And that's the thing that. You know, in that area is like just an expensive doing business at this point. That every so often you're going to pick up a ghost fare, and you have to wonder like, is this a problem in like an Uber or a Lyft, or is this just like a problem? Like, can you imagine like a ghost having like an iPhone with an Uber app and being like, yeah, man, I need to go to like six and main and then disappearing?
1: I, I'm more interested in whether or not they have the ability then to give like star feedback because like <laughs> if the ghost is like, ah, you didn't take me, that's a two star right there. That's going to follow you.
0: Could, like, the driver give feedback back and be, like, you know, ghost one star left halfway through or something?
1: Look, shame capitalism is the greatest haunting of all.
0: <laughs> but you also have to, you, like, if you go down the rabbit hole on that theory of logic we're uncovering, how would the ghost be paying for? Because don't you have to have, like, a debit card or credit card linked to, like, an Uber account? So would there be, like, a ghost bank with, like, ghost debit cards?
1: I'm fairly certain that there's, like, a karma issue in play here where, like... <laughs> Yeah, you're probably getting tipped with like the ability to like watch VHS tapes safely moving forward. Like, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Your you children go. are gonna be fine for a while. For a while now.
0: Yeah, this this is definitely something that that people who study urban legends chalk up to things like the long hours that taxi drivers have on shifts, or the fact that there are just some places that genuinely have more urban legends than other places so it's easier to kind of see something like this happening like when i read this and it said new orleans i'm like of course this would be something you'd read about in new orleans this is not something you're going to be reading about in like you know a place that's not as haunted and and new orleans has a lot of not just like urban legends but a lot of like folklore about it lots of like really deep layers of stuff in that city
1: nolens has made its peace with it like no it's not just a form of profit nolens is very much just like yeah. Okay. That's all around here. Uh, we've dealt with it before. We, we sort of know the, the rules and the plan. Um, and, and anyone else that would probably be around to confirm or experience it is uh, too drunk to be taken seriously. So, yeah, I, locals know what they know and they're all good. I, I yeah. take that.
0: <laughs> it's kind of an interesting continuation of the fact that there have been stories about ghost passengers going back for as long as we've had modes of transportation. There are stories about ghost train passengers Carriage passengers, ship passengers, and of course, vanishing hitchhikers. Um, And they've actually, people who study urban legends have broken them down into four categories. Ghost passengers telling people that they want to go to places that no longer exist, like empty lots or ruined buildings. Ghost passengers who foretell a great tragedy that will befall the mode of transit and insist that that person leave. So that usually happens with trains that crash or ships that sink. There's also one that I think is really interesting, which is a hitchhiking woman who's usually in a fancy dress who um, gets picked up and asked to borrow a coat or a blanket because it's cold. They're coming back from a dance or a prom or something. And when they leave, later you find that coat or blanket draped across a grave somewhere, which I think is fabulous. Like there should be like an 80s style type of movie about that. I want to see that. There might be, I don't know, but I, I just like the idea of that one.
1: I'm almost positive that you're hitting on a several, but like yeah. you're, you're pardoned. We don't have to get into <laughs> Megan doesn't watch movies again today. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, there's also a final section of this where it's an urban legend that is revealed to be either a local um, cryptid or like a local spirit or like a local um, folklore ghost or a local god that people have, especially in like European countries where they might have had old villages that had an old like saint or like a spirit that kind of watched over the village. So they can kind of go back and see that this is a story that has taken place in nineteen forty and a story that's taken place in sixteen thirty and in twelve eleven and stuff. So the idea of a ghost passenger goes back very far. And I love how it's an old story that now tells a new story. You went from a ghost passenger on like the Lusitania to a ghost passenger causing problems in New Orleans. And I think that's really cool.
1: What's your carrying into the void?
0: All right, my carrying into the void today is, where are you going? Sometimes it's the hardest question in the world to answer. Sometimes you feel like you aren't going anywhere at all, that you're haunting the same places over and over again, stuck in a loop you can't seem to escape. You know your fortunes must lie elsewhere. You know that you're ready to go, to move on, and to see new things. Sometimes shaking off inertia feels like trying to escape the Earth's gravity. The well-worn ruts you find yourself stuck in might as well be quicksand. But you do not have to sink. You can pull yourself up and dust yourself off and get the hell out. Pack your things, wave down a taxi, buy a ticket for a one-way train. Life is an adventure, and it's time you embark on your next great journey.
1: Yes. 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 Yay. <laughs> Lift <laughs> what you... for lifted spirits. I like it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I love Thank you. That's great. <laughs> what do you have for us today?
1: Uh, there is uh, an article that went up on HuffPost this week called "Life Forms That Quote Shouldn't Be There Found by Scientists Under the Antarctic Ice."
0: Yep, <laughs> I was wonder I was wondering if you were going to do that one.
1: We- anytime I post something on Twitter and you react with "No," you know that that's a yes. Like no means we're doing it. We're- we've got to go for it. So basically, what happened? Is the scientists drilled under the Arctic by several thousand feet, uh, and what they found down there was some marine life that shouldn't be there. So it's it's not a flesh destroying thing. It's it's nothing from outer space, but there's no reason it should be there. And uh, and what it is is a series of like sponges and barnacles that are are filter feeders that normally feed on like cycloplankton, uh and other organisms from the water, but at a depth and in a place. Where those things aren't there. Like, the closest psychoplankton to where they were had been tracked somewhere, like, 400 miles away. So, like, they're thriving there on nothing uh, except for... Mood. Yeah. Huge vibe. <laughs> just vibing. Yes. Just vibing under the Arctic surface. Can relate. And uh, and they built, like, a huge community there. Uh, and perhaps the worst part is that there is a video of a camera going down this gigantic death pit all the way down there and then it's like hey let's take a look around oh who's all that there's everybody hello new friends uh you were not invited um (laughs) so uh so my carrying into the void this week is this hey welcome friends you're not a colonizer you're just a colony come set up shop come join in this ecosystem Come belong where others did not welcome you. It was never up to them. Start small. Introduce yourself. Make friends. Make yourself into those friends. Make yourself within those friends. Set up shop a little further. Introduce yourself to the neighborhood. Become the neighborhood. Spread your goodwill far and wide. Let them know that you don't need a reason to be here. Being here is more than enough. You've always belonged here. They were wrong, and now they're gone. That's what happens when you get the cold shoulder.
0: (laughs) That is some John Carpenter the Thane energy, and I'm very here for it. (laughs) A plus work. Just outstanding. What kind of
1: self-care have you been doing lately?
0: My brain has finally decided to cooperate with me and I have gone back to reading books and I'm so freaking glad because, oh my God. Book baby,
1: book time, book baby.
0: Oh, I'm so excited because it's hard when it's like your whole entire vibe is like, oh, I listen to music and I read books and I haven't been able to do either for a while. And I'm like, why do I exist? What is the purpose of my life now? But I got some really nice books and they are all incredible. And I'm gonna tell you what they are so you can go and pre-order them because you need to read them. And the first one is called A Psalm for the Wild Built by Becky Chambers, which is the nicest, kindest, most wholesome book I have read in the you know, past thirty some years of my life on this world. And it's about a monk who makes tea and about a robot, and it's beautiful, and I nearly cried, so you should go read that. The other one is called Star Eater by Kirsten Hall, where it's about ritualistic cannibalism and it's really feminist and it's really interesting and it's really oddly funny. So (laughs) definitely check that one out too. And the last one is Winter's Orbit by Everina Maxwell. And it's a science fiction romance where it's two guys who, one's a prince and one's an emissary and they have an arranged marriage. And it's really funny and really heartwarming and really adventurous like I'd watch this if it was a movie in a heartbeat three very different books but I devoured each of them in about a day and I'm one of type same people who I can sit down and read like four or five hundred pages in like one sitting because a I have no life and b I read very quickly and I stayed up way too late reading every single one of these books so five stars my seal of approval on all of them please go pre-order them you will thank me. Please come and DM me or slide into my messages after after you read them and tell me that I was correct because I was. Um, so yeah, books. Books are good. That's that's my controversial statement. Books are good.
1: <laughs> I don't hear you brag enough on this show to like, just go no. like, and you know I'm right. So uh, you know, whenever you get a chance, <laughs> let me know that I was. <laughs>
0: I'm just. I'm just. I really don't feel like I, I'm like a tastemaker in books, so please don't think that I am. Um, I'm just trying to be funny.
1: You and Jordan literally are. It is your job. Okay, it's fine.
0: <laughs> well, what have you been doing for self-care?
1: My self-care is, um, is something that like, certainly plenty of people have brought up over the course of this. And I just thought it it, it wouldn't matter to me if I did it. But then I went for it and it, it, it was as good as everyone said. We've all been living in... Sweatpants on Zoom, in bed or on a couch, and enough people have said like, "Hey, do a look nice day. Uh, Put yourself in nice clothes. Put on the makeup. uh, You know, dress up like you would if you were going out. Feel just feel pretty. Uh, So witty and wise. And like I've I've been going out to work uh, with some frequency. So like I still, I wear I wear jeans most days. I, I dress." like a businessman minus the suit. Uh, I I do enough to be functioning. And I finally was like, "You know what? Today's the day. Gonna do a mani-pedi here at the house. Uh gonna finally shave for the first time in months. Might uh might trim the hair a little bit. Uh and then just kept going was like, "You know what? Uh let's find some really nice uh, some nice outfits in the in the closet which I haven't taken any of my suits to a dry cleaner in 13 14 months. <laughs> I was already <laughs> behind and then this hit and no one was ever going to see me and so I was like, why bother, so, like I ironed a suit, a thing that I don't think I've done in years, and I was like, "I'm gonna put on the suit," and then went to sit down on a couch where three cats and a dog piled on me, and immediately <laughs> everything was just ruined in fur but for like a few minutes there felt really fancy and and mostly it was just this thing that like also uh unbeknownst to me, my wife had decided to do the same sort of thing that day, so she got done cooking dinner and then like came out in a very fancy dress and sat down and we were just sort of on the couch is like, Hey, you look, you look good. Like I'm always (laughs) attracted to you, but uh, I did forget that we could do this at this level. I'm not, not being weird, not trying to make it shameful, but like, we look better right now. Can we just enjoy that? Uh, And it, uh, it was, it was quite nice. And, uh, I, I was still thinking, it wasn't going to be my recommendation for the week, but I was still thinking about it a few days later. I was like, it felt nice to look nice. Yeah. Someday that'll be important again. So, uh, yeah, that's my little self-care.
0: <laughs> I love that. My My friend wants to do a cocktail party over Zoom so we can all wear the outfits we were going to wear last year for whatever separate events we had. And I, I kind of want to... I think that would be fun, like just to have a, a day where you like you know have to do your hair and and put on a a nice dress like I just I don't know it seems really dumb to do that and also be sitting like on your couch but at the same time you know what you wear really does impact how you feel
1: I will asterisk this for anybody that's headed into this sort of thing if you uh, put on your fancy outfit and you no longer fit into it (laughs) do not beat yourself up that has happened to all of us I had to go three deep in my closet The other ones uh, were not as flattering as they once were because it's pandemic and we are all where we are and it's fine. Our bodies are wonderful and reflect our environment and we didn't have a lot of options here.
0: Yeah, no, we're all doing great. We're all under terrible, you know, crushing circumstances. We are all doing really great. So be nice to yourself.
1: I I like that you've really nailed the thesis of our Dark Positivity podcast. We are being crushed, but keep a (laughs) smile going. We are we are, we are, are doing pretty okay.
0: Well, you know, we're all trying, and I think it's important to at least try. You know, some days you don't get there. Don't beat yourself up about it, but, you know, we all have to be kinder to ourselves and the limitations we experience and celebrate the things we can do.
1: You never run out of try, I guess. Yeah, that's yeah. a pretty good one. At there the end go. of the day, there's always more of that. <laughs> what are you lifting up into the void this week?
0: I want to lift up uh, another book, which I know I already talked about uh, books today, but there's one that I've been thinking about for a while since I bought it a few months ago, and it's called Fangs by Sarah Anderson. She's the artist behind the ultra-relatable Sarah Scribbles comics that you see all the time on Twitter, like just simple four-panel comics that are just black and white, and they're ultra-relatable, and she's a really lovely person. And she created a very nice little comic book about a werewolf and a vampire who fall in love and it is so wonderful and it's really sweet and it's very funny and it's really i don't know why i've read that a few times by now it came out last year uh, around i think halloween or so and i always go away feeling happier after i've read it you know it's it's got like huge adams family style goals about the relationship but it's also really relatable and it's also really well drawn and she's just a really lovely person anyway I have a print from her from when she had an Etsy for a hot minute, and it sits on my nightstand, and I look at it every morning, and it helps me get out of bed. She is a wonderful person, and I think she, you should support her comics, and go grab yourself a copy of Fangs. What are you uplifting this week, Brock?
1: Uh, so it's this relatable web webcomic. Uh, you know that <laughs> relatable thing? I, I'm sorry, I had to laugh so much at when you were like that relatable thing you see on Twitter, and I'm like, I've never— seen a relatable thing on Twitter.
0: Yes you have. Don't don't lie to people that way.
1: <laughs> don't lie to people. <laughs> I feel seen but only in this situation. Um so my lift up this week um we've come out of a really terrible uh weird winter period where uh we got to see just how uh, completely screwed infrastructure is uh, within this country as power failed so many people and I did a lot of whining. I did a lot of whining about things that affected me but also like how terrible things were in my city people that i knew that had been without power for days the terrible system that we had for finding warming locations for the uh, housing challenge so on and so forth and all of that sort of got put to shame by watching what happened to my friends in texas um and even those there especially in like the austin area that were as good off as you could be like in really good spots like had their homes had things like had stockpiles they were they were pretty okay ostensibly seemed to have just the worst worst possible time that anyone could have and and that just trickled down and um i got to watch this happen live on twitter uh in in real time and i do not think i shall shake it anytime soon uh but my friend sarah jane uh who is on twitter at fookthis f-o-o-k-t-h-i-s who is actually a contributor to our book, uh, Curtains, uh, our fundraiser book, Um, she and her family, uh, kids, uh, partner, animals, uh, were in their apartment building, and it had been deprived of power for more than a day, so inside their building, it was sub-40 degree temperatures. They were freezing uh, in their supposedly very safe, nice apartment. Uh, And then somebody else in their building, uh, who was also freezing, tried to light a fire in their fireplace, and the fireplaces had not been maintained by the the apartment building ownership. So it caused the apartment building to burst into flames. So they went from complaining about freezing in their building, to suddenly their entire life being on fire, to being evacuated out into sub-zero snowstorms. Uh, in like what the clothes that they had on their back they managed to get out with two of their three pets and their kids they had no money so they were in a car that they were like we have just enough gas to make it to like this hotel or something but it's the middle of a snowstorm so all the hotels were booked up to the point that you may have seen online that uh, some hotel rooms were going for three thousand dollars for the night because capitalism is what it is so they wound up in like a fema shelter for a couple of days where they were on cots uh and uh and a reminder here uh, if you're donating food to, to people um you know sending canned ravioli to, to somebody that um doesn't have a a can opener or be a way of reheating that like there's better options out there there's a lot of good explainers on if you're going to donate uh to uh to a local shelter how to get food that is actually edible to most people um Anyway, they've been trying to rebuild their entire life from scratch. Uh, they keep going back to their the husk of their building, looking for their third cat, which they've seen some droppings, which they think maybe the cat is still around somewhere in there. Yeah, just an entire family completely displaced, and they're... They're one of hundreds of stories of things that are similar to that, but watching watching her tweet about that through through the whole thing and then the following days, there is a GoFundMe up on her uh, Twitter account at uh, This that, uh, you know, go toss a few bucks if you can. But it was a reminder. Uh, it's one of those things that, oh, my God, we have so many blessings. Uh, it, it really recalled periods of my Christian childhood where I was just like, no, you really got to step back and be thankful for everything around you. And as I looked at, like, the power here mostly being on and, like, a refrigerator that worked and also my house not burning down, I was like, people so close to me have it so badly. And that is the tip of the iceberg because that's somebody that I'm friends with on Twitter. There are so many people going through so much worse that, yeah, where are you? I'm not reading their live tweets about the thing. It's... um. It, it has just been a particularly bleak time. And it's also the sort of thing that, like, I know that it's over, but I hope that we are not forgetting about it anytime soon, because the electric grid, uh, the way that we handle our neighbors uh, during things like this, especially as global warming promises to continue to make uh, weather crazier all of the time, we have to be vigilant. and We have to be actively involved uh, to protect the people that we care about and ourselves. Uh, and it's that thing is only going to get worse and, and we have to find a way to work sort of constantly to prevent it. So, uh, I am, my heart goes out to Sarah and her family who have lived through something. I, I just do not think I could come back from and their resolve is so incredible, but, um, it is time to, <laughs> it is, it is an interesting time in America, especially, uh, under a new administration and as vaccines are rolling out where it would be very easy to be complacent about things. Uh, and this is a reminder that, uh, even as we work our way through one pandemic, Mother Nature is going to be trying to destroy us on a new scale for decades to come. So let's not let some of those things slide through the cracks. So lifting up Sarah, but also lifting up the idea that, you know, if you have the uh, the ability, sink a little time or effort into this, find some way you can help locally. There there has to be something we can do.
0: No, I think that's a really good reminder. And again, we're all keeping your friend Sarah and, and you know, her family and our thoughts Yeah, the stuff in Texas was fucking crazy. I I can't fucking believe any of that happens. It's just absolutely crazy.
1: But I am so proud of everyone that made through it. And and it's also one of those things to just be so thrilled by the quality of people that we know to see. Like that night, $15,000 rolled in for her and her family just on the GoFundMe, much less what was coming in directly. Like people still care and people will still find a way. And that's all that matters.
0: Well, I think that is an incredible note to end on. Thank you for listening. And remember, keep your hearts dark and true and your teeth sharp and many. And we will see you next time in the void. Bye! Bye!